with authenticity. It's building that relationship. Think about the value. You want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host Daryl Amy here today with Larry Levine. What's going on? Oh. Hey, you know what, Daryl? We got so much going on. I'm still buzzing. I'm absolutely still buzzing over the Client Appreciation Challenge. We had a fantastic time at the Client Appreciation Challenge. Tom Hopkins, an incredible roster of speakers, coached us through how to show appreciation. It all culminated on Client Appreciation Day. And I hope that is more than a week. I hope we kicked off a season, if not a lifestyle of a new level of client appreciation. And it was it was fantastic, Larry. It's so much. And, and I always say, you know, appreciation, gratefulness and thankfulness bridges those relational gaps. And it was just an absolute pleasure and an honor to put this on for a week. Yeah. And if you missed it, you didn't miss it. No worries. We actually <laughs> archived all the content and you can have access to it. Just go to clientappreciationchallenge.com and you can get access to all of the sessions. And who knows, Larry, you might actually throw in a few bonus sessions. That was so much fun. We'll probably kick that throughout the year and, and have a great time. Hey, welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. And if you're new, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And uh, Larry, Selling from the Heart, uh, we are huge fans of our friends at BombBomb. They are enabling us to rehumanize sales, especially in a time where we're hybrid, we're virtual. Uh, the ability to put a face and actual um, just video into our communications, it's easy and it's incredibly effective. As, as our friends Ethan Butte and Steve Passanelli so eloquently say, we must stop hiding behind faceless communication. Let's Absolutely. bring ourselves to life. <laughs> and here we are. And by the way, if you're listening to the, the Selling from the Heart podcast, we are now live on YouTube and Facebook. If you do want some faceless or face, <laughs> you want a face to the, the podcast, you want to see Larry laughing and all of that. Hey, we've got- I'm only laughing word. at you. Thank you. Uh, I hope it's with me. Hey, we've got a quick word from our friends at BombBomb, and then we're going to dive into an incredibly powerful and meaningful conversation. To sell from the heart is- to rehumanize your business. Hi, my name is Ethan Butte, and along with my good friend Steve Passanelli, I co-authored Rehumanize Your Business. And when Larry and Daryl were kind enough to host me on the Selling from the Heart podcast to talk about Rehumanize, we were instantly connected. And it's because we have something very important in common, and I probably have it in common with you too, and that is a strong, strong preference for authenticity honesty and sincerity throughout the sales process. Not just hitting the number, but hitting the number in the right way, in a way that we can be proud of and in a way that makes our customers want to come back again and come back for more and come back with a friend or a referral or a recommendation as well, right? We want to sell from the heart and something that can help you do that, something that can help you connect and communicate with people in a way that allows them to feel your sincerity is bomb bomb. BombBomb allows you to reach out with videos 
instead of faceless digital communication, simple webcam and smartphone videos in emails, in LinkedIn messages, in Slack messages, in text messages from Salesforce, from BombBomb, from Gmail, from our mobile app, so many different ways to do it. And it's all available to you two weeks, no credit card information required, absolutely free at BombBomb.com slash heart. That's B-O-M-B, B-O-M-B, dot com slash heart. I know you'll enjoy it. And more importantly, I know that the people you reach out to will enjoy it as well. Try it free today. Awesome. You got to give that a try. So many people uh, got engaged with BombBomb during the client appreciation challenge. And it's so fun just sending a video and saying thank you. It's it's incredibly meaningful. And Larry, I think it's good for your mental health and wellness to say thank you, right? I need a lot of that right now, Daryl. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I don't think we planned it this way, but the Client Appreciation Challenge was during May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month. And if there's one thing that can be uh, a challenge uh, as sales professionals, it's the pressure. There's a lot of pressure to succeed, and that can... Uh, drive us to some really challenging and dark places. And Larry, um, I think that it is fantastic that we've got this conversation teed up right now, um, given that we have so many high-performance sales professionals listening in um, and part of the Selling from the Heart community. One of the things that we can take on really easily is this pressure to achieve. And yep. sometimes we leave never fulfilled. No, no, none whatsoever. And it's... um. I've enjoyed as as we bring on Ian. It it I just absolutely have enjoyed getting to know Ian Cognac, Daryl. It's just just before we get going though, I want to give a special shout out to Colin Mitchell because it was Colin Mitchell that bridged the introduction between Ian and myself. And similar backstories, and we've come out of similar industries. We live in relatively the same, I'll call it neck of the woods, and it's just been an absolute treat to share stories with Ian back and forth. And without further ado, Ian, we just can't wait for you to come on and share what it means to you to be selling from the heart, what it means to you. And uh, it's been a pleasure. So welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thanks, Larry and Daryl. And I'm excited to jump right in. Thanks for having me. And I love the situation <laughs> challenge. I literally just got the CEO of one of my companies, a Cutco knife that's engraved with his initial um, which he's a huge barbecue uh, fanatic and loves oh. hosting. And so I got him a killer barbecue knife. <laughs> you know, it was just that. It's it's a thank you for, you know, his business and his support because I wouldn't be where I am in my sales career had he not um, decided to work work with me and, and do a lot of business together. So, That's um, so good. personalization of gifts is something absolutely I believe in and try to deploy for my own clients. So I love that you guys are doing that. Yeah, right oh, on. Good. Well, hey, Ian, you know the question as we get ready to dive into this conversation today, you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Yeah, for, for me, the important thing is knowing that you're helping somebody when you are selling them. If you truly know in your heart that you can help better their situation better their lives, then there is no need to sell, right? You're in service of them. So that's what it means to me is being in service of your client from a place of trying to help improve their situation personally or their company's situation. Oh, that, that, that's so good, Ian. And, and um, 
I'm just going to throw it back out there just for a discussion before we really dive into the heart of the podcast is where do you think that so many in sales struggle to get what you just said correct? I'm just curious if you just care to expand on that for a few moments. I think in general that many salespeople are very self-centered. They're focused on their own commissions. They're focused on their own goals. It certainly doesn't help when you have leaderboard cultures that you're ranked against other people and you feel pressure and stress to try to perform. And when you have that day-to-day stress of trying to hit a number that's weighing on you, a lot of times you forget why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. You might forget about your why, whether it's your family or your personal goals that you have. Um, And more often you forget about your own customers and what they're trying to accomplish. And the goal becomes hitting the number. The goal becomes closing the deal. And I think that's just a pervasive ailment in in the sales industry that takes people away from selling from the heart in the first place. And it's deeply ingrained because we think sales is all about making a certain amount or hitting a certain number every month. And while there are certainly components to that, that sales offers truly what selling is for me, and it took me a long time to realize this, is helping people solve a problem or address a challenge with your product and service. And when you kind of break it down simply to that, then you're not focused that the problem is that you're hitting your commission. The problem is that you're going to get fired. The problem is that you're low on the leaderboard. The problem is the client's problem, not your problem. So I think mm-hmm. it requires shifting from an inward mindset where you're focused on yourself to an outward mindset where, where you're really focused on understanding your clients' goals, what they care about, why they care about it, what's keeping them up at night, and just really being a servant to their needs and being really good at having those conversations to uncover their needs. And for me, um, when I made that shift from inward to outward focus, my results actually ended up skyrocketing. I got everything that I what I what I wanted from a income and a performance and a stock ranking perspective. So it's ironic when you're trying to do it. For you. <laughs> You don't get it, but when you're doing it for others, I always like to say, help others get what they want and you will get what you want. And if you keep that frame for selling, you know, everything will take care of itself. Oh, so good. There's such a gravitational pull though for high achievers and we're all high achievers here in this and, and, you know, our audience, we're high achievers. We expect, um, you know, we, we want to, we want to win. Um, and that's great, but there's such a gravitational pull, um, towards self-centeredness and inward, and that pressure mounts up. And Ian, I know your story was a story of that pressure really uh, becoming a challenge. Can you let us in a little bit on the the backstory that brought you to where you are today? Yeah, I'll give you a, a I could talk for hours about this, but I'll give you a, a shortened version. Um, I, I came from the copier industry, much like both of you, and I had a lot of success. Um, I, I started flying high and fast early in my 20s. Um, and ran into, you know, a a world that was very rewarding for performance. And I, that fed my ego, right? I was all about achievement and I got promoted eight times in 10 years. I ended up rising to, you know, a a director of sales level where I had 80 employees and I ran a 60 million ARR business at Rico and, you know, had finished top as a sales rep, sales manager, um, branch manager, uh, general manager, and, and director of sales had finished the top of all those things. So I, I basically um, felt like I could do no harm and, and anything I touched turned to gold. And I had this huge ego. And um, 
my my goal shifted a little bit. I, I was realizing, you know, I really liked selling and I wanted to get uh, closer to the customer. And I was now in like middle management at, at Rico. And I read an article in Forbes magazine about um, Salesforce. And we had implemented Salesforce at my previous company. And I had a lot of success. And I thought to myself, I could sell this. And so I was determined to get in the software industry because I knew that the software account executives were making more than what I was making as a, as a, you know, as a leader at Rico. So I was just playing in the wrong sport. So I, I interviewed a bunch, uh, got rejected a bunch, but finally was able to crack into Salesforce and um, had a little success my first year, um, you know, got, a, got lucky by some, some standards, found a big whale and closed it. And then three years after that, um, I, I failed. I failed miserably. I hit my, I missed my number. And I was coming off somebody who for 11 consecutive years had had every bit of success. And my entire self-worth was really um, rooted in, in my performance and my achievement and specifically in my income. I remember, you know, having all my W-2s lined up and I can memorize how much I made every year and where I was in the stack ranking. I kept all those awards and all those letters that I got from senior executives. And that was like, such it was core to my identity of who I was. And so when I missed my number three years in a row, that was a massive hit to not only my identity as top performer, but my identity as a human, as a person. Okay. And in that journey, um, you know, I was I was beating myself up because I wasn't performing. And in beating myself up, I felt a lot of pressure. And unfortunately, to relieve that pressure, I turned to a variety of addictions that I'm now sober from, but at the time, um, you know, I would I would party my head off. I would get super drunk. I would just have this like all in, work hard, play hard mindset. And in the meantime, I'm getting married and I have a kid now, and I still have this part of me that's just wanting to escape and medicate and truly just, you know, um, feeling overwhelmed and feeling that pressure because I wasn't good enough in my performance wasn't what I thought it was capable of. And so I, I had a variety of addictions that I um, would basically hide from my family and it all kind of came crashing down on me and I almost lost my family. I almost lost everything that I hold near and dear to my heart. And it took me truly almost losing that to realize, you know, everything I was focusing on in terms of achievement was all wrong. Right. And everything that I thought would make me happy, in fact, was, was, um, making me, you know, more and more, um, when I was winning, when I finally did hit those numbers, then my ego got bigger and I thought I was God's gift to the world. And when I wasn't hitting, I was beating myself up. So there was no winning formula, even in hitting those numbers, when I was able to do it, it didn't fulfill me. So it took me, you know, getting sober. And, and frankly, it took me, um, reconnecting with my family and, and, facing some of my demons to realize what was truly most important in my life and, you know, come to the place I am now where I'm able to share my story. But I feel like it's very common in sales in sales. You know, people are used to achieving at a high level. And if they don't hit their own, you know, impossible standards for themselves, they beat themselves up. And what they're not doing is recognizing themselves as a person. And what I love to say, Larry, is in order to be a great salesperson, you must first be a great person. And so I couldn't become the best salesperson that I ever could be until I, I faced, you know, the things that I was ashamed of that I was doing in my own personal life. And once I did that, it, it's amazing the results that I um, got, not only in my sales, but like in my in mentoring other men and being able to um, be a better husband and father and being, you know, feeling good about myself, regardless of my achievements. So it's been quite the journey. And unfortunately, I, I 
had had a lot of bumps that that um, you know hurt quite a bit in, in in this process. But I'm grateful for every one of those bumps because it's brought me to the point now where I can share this with other people and help them avoid maybe some similar pitfalls to what what I went through. Well, Ian, I mean, thank you so much for opening up and sharing your story. And and uh, yeah, wow. There's so many things that you said that that I think we've all faced, and in in Lord knows I've chased, right? It, it was said, you know, chasing something in the wind is I've chased that where I take, uh, you know, and I go back to the past where I've taken down that deal and never stopped to enjoy it because I beat myself up and I want something more and I want something yeah. more, and I and it was until I looked inside of me to you know find out what was fulfilling me that I kind of put it at ease. And, it, and it's what you just said is a big believer why Daryl and I believe that the inner work that we do, and you bring up self-worth a lot, is the inner work that we do on ourselves fuels that outer success. And I think so often in sales, we chase that outer success and we fail to chase the inner success. And that's that inner success that I think once we find out what that is and, and come to peace with it, magic starts to happen. You nailed it. That's right. I mean, it's, it's like the achievement is just at the surface level and, and, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it never will give you what you're looking for. It will never fulfilled because there's always another level. I could buy my dream house and there's an, always another bigger house. I could have the best vacation, but I don't have the penthouse suite where I'm saying I can, I used to drive a Maserati. I, I trade it. It's done. I, I wear a one car family. Now I thought all these external material things, I had it all. I have it all fortunately, because I didn't lose it. Um, but I had the most amazing family, the most beautiful home, my dream home. I'm not, I finished, got to number one at Salesforce, the premier software company in the world. And I still, I remember I closed the biggest deal in my career. And I remember thinking, is this it? Is this what I worked my whole life for? I should be enjoying this, but something was missing. And I sat and I made a video in my car and I shared it with the group that I was part of. And I'm like, I'm feeling pretty down now. And I don't know why, right? And now looking back, I know exactly why. And that's because I hadn't done the inner work. I hadn't identified what truly gives me joy and satisfaction. I thought it was going to come from making a certain money or getting certain material goals accomplished. And once I hit all that stuff, I realized it wasn't. And Jim Carrey has a great quote. And he says, I wish everybody could become rich and famous so that they can realize for themselves that this is not the answer. Right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. It. You see it in the rich and the famous who are divorcing, who don't have, you know, the, the foundation in place because they've been so obsessed with work their whole lives that they've neglected, you know, that inner work and, and the other things that do give us the fulfillment. So I'm curious, it, it, yeah, so listen to your story and thank you so much for sharing this story. That is, um, I mean, it's very personal and very powerful. Um, you know, along the way, it seemed like your identity, your self-worth got tangled up in your achievement or even hardwired to yeah. the achievement. What did the, what did the untangling process look like? Cause I think this will be really helpful for those, you know, of us listening in that, that have that tendency. Um, and I think we all do to yeah. a degree. So how did you begin to untangle your self-worth from your, uh, achievement in sales? Well, I think, um, what I like to say, well, first of all, it was a journey. 
it didn't happen overnight. You can't just go through an exercise. And I think people know where they're, um, where they're neglecting. But what, what I, gosh, this is a, I'm going to give you a long answer to this because it's it's really important to dive deep. But I think what it comes down to is redefining what it means to be successful. That's mm-hmm. the simplest way I can put it. So if you define success as achieving in your career, but not as setting a good example for your children, right? You are not going to focus on setting a good example for your children. You're going to put your time, which is the second part of the equation is you put your time into whatever you define as your success. So I used to define my success as how much money I made and where I finished in terms of the stack ranking and how much I sold, plain and simple, okay? I did not define my success as being sober. I did not define my success as being a good husband, as spending quality time with my family, um, being a good role model. In fact, addiction runs in my family. My father died when he was 53. My cousin died at 47. And I've seen the downsides very personally of what that can happen. And yet I always thought, you know what, I'm different. I'm not going to, this isn't me, right? So I kind of ignored that. And this addiction would come back to bite me in, in like these, you know, unexpected ways. And I would literally beat myself up and I'd say, why do I do these things? What is wrong with me? Okay. So when I redefine success, I I like to say there's probably eight areas that we think of. If you think of um, Tony Robbins does this really well, but if you think of a whole wheel, a success Mm -hmm. wheel with finances being one area, career being another area, health being another area, spirituality being another area, service being another area, relationships, friendships, right? So those are kind of the the buckets. If you rate yourself on one to five, and this is an exercise I go through with my coaching clients, I rate themselves, how would you view yourself from a one to five, five being the best, one being the the worst, like you're not happy with yourself in there. How would you rate yourself with your financial matters, with your service or your sense of purpose, your spirituality, your your primary relationship, your friends and family, right? So we kind of go through this area And I think that's what the entangling process looks like is for one, if you're not happy, you know, taking a step back and saying, what am I not happy about? Right. Most of the time people are not happy because they're out of balance. There are three things that leads to ongoing happiness every single day without fail, without fail. People who want happiness. And there's a great Yale study. If you put Yale happiness class or Yale, um, they, they did this to the Yale students and now they open it up for everyone for free during the pandemic because of the, the only, only 14% of Americans, I was reading a study from Yale, only 14% of Americans report themselves as very happy, which is so sad to me. It's so just, just mind boggling. I did a post on this last week. And the reason why um, is the number one thing above all, above all that determines happiness is connection, right? Mm-hmm. When we're in isolation, when we're lonely, when we're by ourselves, we are going to be in our heads and we're going to be miserable. And it's just the way it works. We are social creatures. We're met and we need connection, right? So for me, um, that's number one, making sure that I do things every day that help me connect with those people that I love. So if I'm working all the time, I'm not connecting. So what I do every day is I block off an hour to have lunch with my wife and that's our time midday. Okay. That's an example from six to 9 PM. I'm cooking 
with my family. We put on music together and that's dedicated family time with my kids. We dance, we laugh, we eat, we enjoy each other. I put the baby to bed and then from like, I would say 9.30 till like 11, I'm with my wife, we're watching a show, maybe we're in bed. Once in a while, I'll have a little work to do, but it's very, very rare because I set those boundaries. So connection and making time and saying, you know what, this is as important as work, I think is where it starts, is you vote with your time. So if you're saying family's important, but you don't give your family any time, you're a hypocrite and a liar. And so for me, that's unfortunately what it took is almost losing my wife to, to realize this and, and almost losing my family. Um, and once I did, it was like, I, I will never let my wife know that she is not as important as work. Cause that's the message I was sending by not spending the time with her and by missing these important things in our lives. So I said, you come first. So connection is number one. Number two is growth. That's the inner work we're talking about. We have to feel like we're growing and getting better, whether that's mentally, we're addressing our demons, or from in my case, it was, a, it was a journey to recovery. I felt like by giving up and abstaining from these things that have plagued me for so long, I was growing. I was growing stronger. I was learning to deal with my emotions without necessarily like, you know, going to alcohol or smoking pot or the things I would used to do for escape. There was tremendous growth there. That's the mental growth. There's also the learning growth, like learning and thinking we're getting better at what we're doing. Like with your business, I'm sure in this podcast, you're growing all the time. You're trying new things. There's that inherent growth that's built in because you're entrepreneurs, right? And then there's the physical growth, physically getting stronger, getting he healthier, working out, exercising. I just signed up for a half marathon because I wanted that growth opportunity. I'm not never even run 10 miles, much less, you know, 13. So now I, I sign up the half marathon because I want that growth infused into my calendar. So that's number two is growth. And the third is contribution. We need to feel like what we're doing matters in life and in sales. When you feel like you are helping people, when you feel like you're, what you do makes an impact and, and is in service of other people, it is very fulfilling, right? People say, you know what? You need to fill your own cup first. I don't agree with that. I feel like if you fill other people's cup and you help other people, your own cup gets filled because there's so much joy in giving, hence your appreciation challenge with the customers, right? Then there is just giving to yourself. I can give to myself all day long and indulge and go to an amazing meal. And, you know, I think there certainly you should give to yourself by having goals and exercising and meditating and, you know, self-care, but that's different than the type of joy that you get from contributing and helping your clients or your family or even doing things like this podcast where I can help potentially, you know, thousands of sales reps who may have similar struggles. So connection, growth, and contribution, making sure those are infused into your calendar and given equal importance as the workday is the way to untangle everything. But it all starts with identifying and coming to a place of realization where you realize, you know, what, everything you thought would make you happy does not make you happy. So what are the things that are lacking and putting those things and giving those things the time they deserve into your, your daily life and into your weekly life? Oh, this is so good. I, one of my favorite sayings is I'm, I'm a firm believer things happen for a reason. There's a, there's a reason why this message happened right now. I just want to just uh, play off of what you just said, Ian, and then uh, Daryl, I'm sure you'll have some parting comments is I, I love that you brought up this happiness thing, Ian, because just as we're recording this right now, I'm actually watching, I'm in part four of a five part series with Andy Stanley on what makes you happy. And what I thought was actually making me happy years ago. Go. I look back on it now and I go, why was I thinking that? The things that make me happy now are complete polar opposite 
of the things that made me happy even five, six years ago. So thank you so much for bringing this happiness out into the open. I, I just think it's spot on, Daryl. It's so, it's, 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 it's ingrained. It's what society yeah. tells us will make us happy. They think, you know, you see it all over TV. You see it on the news. It's like the celebrity or the wealth and, you know, you, you aim for these things, but they're things. Happiness comes from being happy with who you are as a person and feeling like every day you're showing up in your truth it comes from integrity, it comes from authenticity, it comes from love in God. That's how God made us, right? When I look at my 10 month old, you know, he wears his emotions on his sleeve, pure joy. And when he's upset, pure, right? it's not this like filter of trying to keep it all yeah, in. So that's when right. you show up as your true self every day, and you have nothing to hide anymore. I mean, and you can just have goals that you're working towards and know and accept that you're doing your best and it's not going to be perfect, but it's still progress. I mean, there's no better feeling. Ian, what a, what a beautiful story. What a beautiful contribution to the selling from the heart community and conversation. I have a sneaking suspicion. We're going to be continuing this conversation at some <laughs> point uh, throughout years to come. And, and this is, I mean, you struck uh, right at the heart of what it means to sell from the heart and doing that inner work is so critical. And so, Hey, I just want to say a huge thank you. And, uh, on behalf of the entire selling from the heart community for investing in us today, I and mean, this has been fantastic. Thank you for who you are, man. It's my pleasure. And however I can support the community and in any capacity, I'm, I'm here, I'm here for you guys and to serve other people who might have this struggle because, What's the point? We get one shot at life, right? Why That's be miserable? Right. Why always beat yourself up, right? It's not worth it. It doesn't feel good. And people think it's, oh, that's just my ambition, right? And that's a good thing because if I'm content, then I won't be you know, ambitious. And let me promise you that that's not true. I, I have as much ambition as I ever did, but it's in different areas. And that's the key, right? It's all, all about putting your ambition where it matters and where you're going to get fulfillment and joy that's from. That's right. No, thank you. Awesome. That was what a powerful message. Thanks, Ian. I Thanks for sharing that, a little bit of yourself with us. My pleasure, guys. Awesome. What oh, an incredible wow. conversation. And you know what, Larry, this, I mean, first of all, um, this is a topic that is so neglected in the sales world. And we put so much pressure on ourselves and our companies, uh, but it's like pressure we put on ourselves that uh, out of balance, it's incredibly damaging and dangerous. And what I love about you, what I love about the Selling from the Heart community is we're willing to have these conversations with each other. And, you know, I think that's really that first step is, is the community, the connection that Ian was talking about. I'm so appreciative of this community because we're able to bring this stuff out um, into the open and begin talking about it. It, it just, this conversation just sparks up what we did not too long ago in the intensive mm -hmm. where we were having real, and I'll just call it raw conversation around heartfelt things. And, you know, what, what I love about you, Daryl, what I love about the message and the movement that we're creating is we're creating that environment for sales professionals to open up. Mm -hmm. And we want to let you know that it's safe. We've created a safe place for you all to open up and share what's on your mind, what's on your heart. These are real world things. And that's what I appreciate about Ian. Yeah. And, you know, it's so interesting in the intensive. And by the way, it's scrolling across the bottom of the screen. We're actually getting ready to kick off another uh, cohort of the intensive. We're going to do it over the summer. We're finalizing the details. 
fact, by the time this podcast uh, is is broadcast, they'll be there. Uh, just go to sellingfortheheart.net slash intensive. But the reason the intensive uh, is so critical is, is we look at um, success in terms of this balanced scorecard um, and look at you know, what do we need to do? What's the inner work that needs to be done? The heart capacity. Um, and it's the inner work that precedes the outer success. And this is, this is so key. Larry, I have a a sense that we're going to be talking about this conversation, uh, for a long time into the future. And uh, I love the components of wellness and, um, and mental health, um, that are, that's, that have been introduced here today that, that really need to become, a part of our conversations going forward. Just so powerful. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of every podcast, we leave people with a challenge. And here's what I would challenge everybody to do is rewind this podcast Mm -hmm. and pay attention to it. Pay close attention to when Ian talked about what Tony Robbins had said as far as that wheel and the spoke and the eight things that are in it. Mm -hmm. Write those down. And as Ian said, as rate yourself on a scale of one to five with those on what makes you happy. Yeah. And I would add to that too. One more thing to just reflect and journal on is where have you hardwired your identity to your success? You know, where have you hardwired your identity to your success and um, begin to reflect on that and go, what, what can I do to start to untangle? It's not that we don't want to be successful. We actually, uh, the irony of all of this is this journey leads you to a place of success and fulfillment. And that's awesome. So, hey, Larry, what a great conversation. A huge thank you to everybody in the Selling from the Heart community. One of the things that means a lot to us is, would you help us spread the word? How do you do that? Um, At the end of this podcast, just go to the scroll down to wherever you can leave a, a, a review. Give it hopefully five stars. Say something nice. But what that does is it helps us spread the word. If you're listening in or watching on YouTube, just click subscribe and get the notifications and that'll help us spread the word of selling from the heart around the community. We are leading a movement of authenticity in the sales profession. So if you're interested in the intensive, go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash intensive. And until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, invest in your wellness, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.